You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. It's 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's almost end of the year time. And it's time for Mission Log Live. Howdy, folks. Good evening. I'm Norman Lau. I'm Holly Amos, and tonight we'll be discussing Star Trek Discovery Season 4, Episode 6, Stormy Weather. So get your questions at... Wow, Christmas has really messed me up. Right in there. Get your questions (laughs) and comments ready. Give us a call. You know how to do it. Click the Zoom meeting link or use the one tap on your smartphone or call us at 699-900-6833. You will enter the meeting code and the password on your screen, and then you will be in the Earl Green Room. So... Happy after Christmas. If you celebrated Christmas, everybody, happy after Christmas, Holly. Thank you. Happy after post-Christmas to you, too. Yeah, post-Christmas. After Christmas, post-Christmas. It's the same thing. Uh, yeah. So did you have a Holly jelly Christmas? Uh, I had, you know, we may, I may do with the current circumstances mm-hmm. of the state country. That we're in. World. Yeah. Right. Um, I went and saw my parents for a couple of hours, but sat in the backyard i saw bob bob's in the chat so he can attest to that hi dad yeah i sat in the back for a very short amount of time and then i came home because my parents live in the inland empire and i'm in la and la is a little bit worse right now um and i'm in long beach and we do have community spread of the new variant so i was not terribly comfortable spending too much time and definitely not inside the house so i uh, saw them for a couple of hours and then came home and then saw another friend on christmas day and made soup because it was a very soup day you guys have been getting a lot of rain like yeah it's yeah. still raining it was raining today too i love it i love the rain so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with it um and certainly like our mountains are having um a white christmas so if that's what they enjoy good for them i don't nice. like snow but yeah i'm sure like oh. arrowhead and up there they're getting a lot of a lot of powder powder yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess it'll maybe be a good ski season for folks that enjoy skiing. Not Yay. sure. Yeah. Or just like hanging out like in ski lodges and making soup. Yeah. Uh, but Florida, you guys are in like the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Florida. Um, I think it may, been, it may have been Earl or BC. Uh, they sent me a chat on discord and they said, uh, Hey Norm, be careful out there. Cause like Florida is just, you know, we, what, when we embrace something, we do we do things really we uh, really well, and we really want to compete and um, get the top spot in things. So this week has been um, we've been trying to outdo our COVID numbers every day, and um, you know you have to have goals. So um, I'm I'm proud of the fact that Florida is uh, you know overachieving in that respect. Um, I have not lost my my California sense of sarcasm, as you can tell. Uh, you know, but aside from all that, you know, we're looking, we're barreling like straight ahead into the new year. New Year's happening like this Saturday. That would be yep. December thirty first. And let's say hello to all the the fun folks in chat. I was really excited because we had a uh, double pole position, double Paul position, I should say. So we had Paul one, Paul two, and then your pops showed up. So yeah. hi Bob, yeah. hi Pauls. Uh, we have Scott in here and we have, let's scroll down, scroll down. Hey, Sam, how you doing? Uh, good to have you here. Hi, Jane. Uh, I, I really want like either John or I to have kind of like the magic mirror, you know, from Romper Room. So when we're saying like these names, we look through the mirror like they used to. Am I dating myself? I think I am. Uh, Dave DeCacci was up there. Uh, Alan Simonis. Simonis. You know, I'm just kidding. You know, I know your name, Alan, Adam, Alan. Uh, Captain Mike, what's up, man? And um, 
Thank you, Earl, for posting the, the numbers once again so we can get some callers in here because I know that you have a lot to say. John Arminiel is here. Um, well, sad not seeing the Cooley because everyone says Cooley in the chat yeah. and Cooley shows up, right? Well, he, there's too many Johns, right? Like, yeah. You have to call it like that's why I called John Champion. I call him Champion. Champion. Like I have to. There has to be some distinguishing <laughs> like between all the Johns that are involved in the Star Trek franchise. There's too many of them. And if you like take it like one like uh, letter for it's like John C. Yeah, champion and Cooley. You know? Well, so. but then there's there John there's John Van Sitters at CBS. So like everybody calls him JVC. Like, JVC. Every, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He must have loved and the then, 80s when like JVC was big, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Those are my speakers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's my that's my Betamax. That's right. I dated myself again. Uh, speaking of dates, we have a lot of stuff coming up here on Mission Log. Actually. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, about Mission Lock. Not a lot of stuff coming up because this is our holiday break. So this Thursday, we won't have a, a show dropping on Thursday, which means we won't have an After Dark drop-in that we have on our Discord channel and Patreon. So Thursday is holiday. We're taking the day off. Uh, Mission Log Engage, we're also taking the week off because we need a break. You, you know. can. And we can. And we've had some great discussions there. So if you want to check that out, you can go to the uh, Roddenberry Entertainment channel on YouTube hit your subscribe button. The algorithm takes care of the rest. Um, I'm sure you read about this news, Holly. Big, big, big news in the land of discovery. Big news. Yeah. Yeah. Big hiatus. Yeah. Which is (laughs) news to everybody. (laughs) They came up with that in the last like two weeks. When that popped up, we were like, what? What? Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're just trying to get back on track for all of the delays that have happened due to COVID. And it feels like there might be a delay in strange new worlds, which was supposed to be February. Mm -hmm. So I feel like maybe that's going to get pushed back and they've pushed. Listen, it's fine. It's just unexpected. (laughs) It is what it is. Yeah. But there was a really just, just out of nowhere, that really beautiful shot of Captain Burnham. And then we're going to be on break. Hiatus. Yeah, I know. I saw. Bam. I was like, "Oh, what, what a good shot of her!" And then I was like, "Oh, <laughs> going on break, okay." <laughs> to soften the blow. So that's like the big, big, big news for Discovery. So we're going to be on break. Um, Mission Log is going to be taking, or I should say, Mission Log Live is going to be taking a break as Discovery is taking their break. However, on the good news, starting off the season right or starting off the new year right, we're going to be having uh, a very special supplemental. Uh, the very first week of January for Mission Log Prodigy. You don't want to miss this. I guarantee, as uh, some commercial, some guy in a commercial said, I guarantee. I don't remember that commercial, so I'm not going to date myself on that one. Uh, Do you know what commercial that was? Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, what is it? I don't the know. Men's like Warehouse. A, is that it? Is that Men's I Warehouse? I guarantee it. Yeah. It's Wait, it's, okay. Warehouse. So I was like, it's like, uh, you're going to like the way you look. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee, right? That guy is that like, oh, total smoker's voice. Yeah, it's total. Okay, like, but he's see, not taking drags in the commercial. No, no, but you can literally see like the smoke fumes like coming off of the wardrobe that he just took out of the warehouse. So like, yeah. Wow, we're really any, any suits you want. Yeah, I know. But this is the end of the year. <laughs> we're having fun. Right? I'm also probably over uh, over caffeinated, which I usually am at around ten fifteen at night. Ten. 10, 10 at night. Uh, okay, so we have the hiatus for Mission Log Live. We have the hiatus for Discovery. We have the return of Prodigy. And of course, we have Mission Log Orville, where uh, Mike and Jessica are continuing uh, their uh, quantum drive through 
like uh, seasons one and two, heading towards uh, March 20th, 2022, because that's when Mission Log, uh, the Orville will be covering season three of the Orville on Hulu. So yeah. when it returns, finally, like after like four years or something like that, or two, well, three I mean, years? you know, them going from essentially one channel to another, it's not surprising that there's a huge lull in between. That's crazy. Paul Wright says on So Behind on Orville, dude, it's been four years. Let's get <laughs> You've with had it. some time to catch up, sir. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> Carlos says a very special supplemental, the one where John learns not to eat plomeek soup on an empty stomach. Okay. Am I missing something there? Did I miss something? No. Car- Carlos, is that an inside joke? Did you make him plomeek soup in, well, in a soup well, and he didn't like it? Well, you know? <laughs> I don't know. You never know. Um, is all right, we got angry? Is he gonna no. throw it? Yeah, throw it at the wall. Yeah. You know, and that, which episode was that? that's when Spock that was was that a mock time? Yeah. He threw it at Chapel, right? Yeah, he's upset. Nice. He started to go through puberty. and <laughs> oh. puberty or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean I get angry <laughs> too. It's fine. Yeah. Do you throw soup at people? No. I don't recall ever throwing soup at people. <laughs> okay, just checking because we know you like soup. All right, so that's all the house cleaning for today, except for the ad breaks. You're going to stick around for the ad breaks. So we have something very special to say. I really mean that. That's actually kind of serious because this, it's a very good cause, and we're going to get to that around 7.30, 10.30. What do you say we do a recap? Should we do a recap? Let's try. <laughs> I know. How long is it got? this week? It's short because... You know, there was a lot of stuff going on in this episode, but like a lot of empty space type stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The like, you void. Know, I had to fill in the voids of yeah. the synopsis in a way. So let's get to it. All right. So, uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 4, Episode 6, Stormy Weather. Inspired by the Laloji Orb... He briefly remarks that it's his estranged father and quickly pivots to discussing the subspace rift left behind from the most recent DMA encounter. Burnham informs him that Admiral Vance has requested Discovery to investigate. Later on their way to the bridge, Burnham and Saru review previous rift data collected by the Enterprise and Voyager to prepare them for their impending and quite literally turbulent mission. As they turbo lift to the bridge, Burnham and Zora share niceties as she explains to Saru that Zora is currently experiencing new emotional developments. Upon arrival... Burnham orders all hands to their stations, including Adira, who has to cut their gaming time short with Gray, who excitedly shoes them off to their new duty assignment. No turbulence, no sound, censored it, and lying. Burnham sends out a dot to investigate further, but it disintegrates shortly after reaching about 5,000 meters. The Inkle wants their collective talents to fall to important fact-finding mission. Even a very restless books, a book arrives in engineering to help Stamets boost the ship's power and shields. Meanwhile, Gray, also wanting to help in whatever way possible, keeps Zora company and observes that the computer is overwhelmed with its responsibilities to the ship and the emotional impact of this stressful situation. After exhausting all possible scientific options, Burnham believes that leaving the void is the best one. Book commands the mycelial network to jump and is hit by a power surge, causing him to hallucinate a vision of his estranged father, who refers to Book by his given name, Terex. Stamets escorts Book to sickbay, where Dr. Culber's examinations reveal that Book's brain contains residual energy signatures that may be the key to finding their way out of the void. Meanwhile, Gray continues to forge a deeper connection with Zora while gaming together in the lounge. 
Gray can feel that Zora is distracted between maintaining the ship's systems and the emotional stresses due to the increasing pressure from being in the void. In fact, Zora is the key to escaping the void. Needs Captain Scott reminding him that Zora is experiencing emotional trauma related to Ensign Cortez's death. Zora confirms this as well and fears that as the ship's computer has lost the captain's trust. Back in sickbay, Bush book hashes out more of he and his father's past as his father calls him a coward instead of embracing his Quajan hunter's instincts. Who, uh, he has instead become dependent on Burnham's orders, which is not the Quajan way. As the bridge crew continues to sift through all possible options to escape the void in sickbay, Stamets discovers Book's hallucination that only exist for the greater that the DMA came from outside of known Federation space. Using this residual energy to find the greatest concentration of these particles in the void, Bryce uses 20th century style sonar dynamics to ping the source. However, it would take too long for Discovery to reach that source before shields failed, exposing the ship to hull breaching temperatures. Burnham knows that there is only one way to safeguard her crew to reach the void's exit portal, to store all their digital selves in the transporter's pattern buffer. Once all the crew have been stored, Burnham activates her encounter suit and has Zora guide them out of the void. As the shields begin to fail, as the hull begins to disintegrate, and as the bridge becomes engulfed in flames, Burnham begins to fade, and before completely passing out, she bolsters Zora's confidence one last time to protect all of them and to get them to safety and home. Awakening in sickbay, Burnham is beyond relief to see that she and her entire crew made it out alive thanks to Zora. Later, while watching Discovery undergo repairs, Saru and Book share a personal moment, reflecting on their respective emotional turmoil that for Book will be a difficult road ahead to overcome, but a worthy one. But not all was lost from the failed mission. Stamets was able to collect the data they needed from Dr. Culber's tests after Book was struck by the energy surge. Finally, in a moment of privacy and reflection, Burnham encourages Zora to create a family tree of her own, and as she does, Burnham observes that Zora's tree is filled with the faces of every crew member of Discovery, Zora's family. The end. Aww. Snip, snap, done. Yeah, now we can get to the good stuff. Pretty short. <laughs> well, there was a lot of just, you know, teching the tech type yep. stuff, you know? Techno babble. Yeah, techno babble. Right. <laughs> So um, before we get into our callers, let's take a look at some of our observations. You have some really great ones here. So did you like this episode? <laughs> They're just random bullets. I'm just, <laughs> I think it's so funny to compare. I wish everybody could see our notes because they're so funny. Yours are like full sentences. And mine oh, are just like... no. Like literally, if you take your, like, if you take your notes and just kind of like, you know, butt them up one against another, it's a paragraph. That's all. One of my notes here, you guys, is no robot friend because the dot disintegrates and it sounds like he was screaming. screaming. I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? Such trauma and discovery, such trauma. I, I, very strangely, like, I feel like I have a lot of emotions attached to inanimate objects. I do in regular life and I do for this because that and Zora, I was like, oh, they're not even real, and I feel bad. <laughs> but yeah, but Zora is becoming. It's like the more the computer becomes sentient, the more like discovery the ship becomes like that nth part of the crew. You know the the. Yeah. And when you know when your ship gets destroyed, it hurts. You know because you fall in love with the ship too. Um, I really liked this whole line of dialogue with. In this case, this was a conversation between Michael Burnham and, and Zora. 
But you can see this kind of happening between like Kirk and Spock or say Picard and Data or say like Janeway and the Doctor. It's basically like the captain and that fish out of crew character that we all kind of like gravitate towards. Burnham says, you're talking about logic. I'm talking about feelings. And coming from Burnham, that's interesting. It can be very uncomfortable to accept the truth that some things are beyond our control, but we have to. Otherwise, we run into the same walls over and over and over again, or we freeze up. Either way, we don't move forward. Understand? I really like that was very Star Trek of a moment, Mm -hmm. don't you think? Yeah, and I think that there's an interesting parallel between Zora sort of gaining sentience and emotions and uh, and especially in terms of her sort of like freezing up and admitting that she's scared and like kind of not being able to, I mean, eventually she can, but at some point she's like, I don't know if I can like control my, like function the way that I'm supposed to and do my job essentially, um, you know, in generations when data has the emotion ship. It's very similar. So right. uh, I think it was uh, it, it, the, the computer essentially becoming a character um, is great. I think I, it's such an interesting turn of events. Yeah. And you always want to have like that, that additional character that you can like bounce the human condition off of. And I think that we're getting that, you know, in Zora, which I think is really interesting. Um, a couple more points here to, to bring up, you know, before we get into uh, our first caller, which is Paul. Paul, you're really pole positioning it today, man. So I appreciate that. Um, I really like seeing a lot more of the bridge crew coming together to do stuff. I loved like when, when Nilsson and Bryce and Reese, like everybody, like OO and, and Detmer, like Detmer doing the math stuff and like OO. Detmer's like, math ability is like psychotic. Like, yeah, she just girl. Like, like boom, right? You know? <laughs> like 2.5 <laughs> seconds. I'm like, what? Um, yeah, but the, uh, the team problem solving is, is lovely. And I think that um, obviously like that's important just in life. It's important in, in your job. Doesn't matter what century you're in, but yeah, you know, I think that the problem solving as a team has been a silver lining in Star Trek in its entire existence. So yeah. I I liked that that's something that we saw in this episode. I mean, it's nice to have just like that inclusion, like even in TOS or or any of the other series. Like when you rarely get to see the bridge could like come together and work together and solve a problem. It's like you're there in that moment. You could be like hanging out by like a turbo lift door but like yeah look at my crew go these guys are yeah. awesome they're gonna and to see day. to see like right. lesser used characters i remember in tng always being really excited when they would use miles o'brien obviously o'brien right. went on to star in deep space nine um and we got to see him basically every episode but he was you know a lesser used character and i was always very excited when he got to be part of the it was usually something with the transporter <laughs> <laughs> which enough. was all the time mm-hmm it's like if they didn't use the uh, the D's pattern buffers, you know, for this mission, or else people would have been in trouble, big time. Well, they would have split in two. Everybody would have had a twin, right? Right. Like Riker. That's right. <laughs> okay. Second chances. That's and rabbit hole. That's rabbit. That is hole. rabbit hole. <laughs> we're gonna have to get out of the void. Somebody ping there, me with some sonar. There was a good reference in here to the TNG episode relics when they're talking about you know there's precedence for you know people staying in the pattern buffer for a very long time. Oh yeah, that totally popped up. I was like, that's Scotty. On. That's a hundred. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're talking about Scotty. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that and that's a, that was a very well hidden deep cut. I feel like because it's yeah. it's the computer just sort of in passing, throwing this piece of information out there. But I was like, Oh, 
that's a reference. When you know, you know, and you don't really have to. I mean, you don't again, have to know is the great. But thing when you know, too. you're just like, oh, yeah. did they go there? They did. They 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 went there, which is cool, <laughs> right? Uh, speaking of going there, let's go there. Let's go there with Paul. Paul Harveth. Hello, my Hello. friend. Happy, happy after Christmas, post Christmas. Happy after Christmas. Um, oh, look at Tendy's festive hat. She is very, very festive. <laughs> she was festive last week, too. Yeah. Love it. so it's, 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 it's an experiment to see who notices, actually, Holly. So. <laughs> oh, I noticed it. You know, my mom sent me a picture of a cutout of Chris Pine, uh, and it was a Chris Pine tree, and he was decorated. And that I, was awesome. I saw I, that on Facebook. <laughs> I Chris have Pine that tree. cutout literally sitting behind my couch. I'm sitting on my couch, so it's right behind me. <laughs> no, it's not. You're on the Enterprise, oh, or you're, you're somewhere. I don't know oh, I'm on are. the Discovery. Disco, I'm sorry. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, so my Christmas present for this episode, I'm just so emotionally distraught that Julianne Grossman is no longer the computer. Uh, that is, that's the one that's just crushing me. But You don't like Annabelle Waller? I, I love Julie Grossman because okay. she was on this show and she, she is so amazing. She's, she's an amazing human being. Extremely talented. But I, I hope that all was done in a, in a good way. Anyway, um, the... You know, it's, when I first watched it, I was like, this isn't, yeah. It was like, and then somebody just started, said on the chat here, it's like a bottle episode. And I guess that's sort of true. But the more you thought about it, your your reference to the teamwork is is absolutely key to this episode. I think it brings so many new players into the fold. Um, but once again, they had the hero shot of Burnham walking in in her space costume. And I can just hear the the naysayers going, yeah, it's Burnham again. So it's about Burnham. I, you know what? I thought that when I saw her. I mean, because she's walking in in slow motion, right? I was yeah, like, right. oh, there's going to be people that are always like, it's always her. Like everything revolves around her. I'm like, she, well, she's the main character of the show. But the other, the other gem I pulled out of it is there's two meanings to book holding a grudge. Hey! hey. <laughs> uh, I beat Alan to that one. Yeah, uh, he's so angry right now. He's like, "How dare! Don't hold a grudge against Paul." Oh, that's so funny. Um, I think Saru is the shining star of the show, has been, and and is the true Trek character. Ted's just had it the entire way through the beginning, all the way till now. He's just such a shining example of how he's bottled up the emotion and and in his leadership roles, especially as mad as he could be about things. Um, and he said it towards the end of his conversation with book. I, I just yeah. find him to be an exemplary written character and just well acted. Doug Jones is just so, so good. So there's a lot of little highlights that sort of pop out. Um, uh, the, the missilar network failure, hopefully that's continues. So we aren't using yeah. that as a quickie out. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm that, do you think the writing of the kind of like the, the end of the network with this void in the DMA? Well, I, I mean, if they do, they're not going to be able to jump anymore. And that's I feel like that's a huge part of Discovery being um, so useful to the Federation, especially given that technically, you know, you know, Tarek came on board last week and was like, oh, it's like walking onto an antique. So, like, mm -hmm. the Discovery is very old, and the only thing it really has going for it is is being able to jump in the mycelial network. So, like, I hope that... I think it's... I genuinely think it's just a problem because they were in the void. Mm -hmm. Because he even says, um, Stamets even says, like, this is what it's like in the void. So like, I don't... It was like his brain on... Like, the brain on drugs. Like, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Yeah, so yeah, as but, soon as they get out of there, hopefully it's the same as it was. I don't know. We'll see. Analytically, I mean, if if so, you assume that this voids 
actions are permanent, right? Uh, so, are you assuming that? Well, the planet's gone. Sure. Okay. And so, if it's wiping out my cellular networks, unless they grow back because all the little tardigrades get busy, um, right? You know, who knows? But it just might take you different places. Uh, yeah, it, it may be an abbreviated network, but. You know, hats off to Book for trying to fly it amongst <laughs> amongst that nothingness. I knew that was going to nowhere. I didn't know it was yeah. going to send him to the, to the, you know, the ER or whatever. But um, his father's interesting, isn't it? That whole well, relationship. It sent him to therapy is what yeah. it did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, because, yeah, there's because where's that going to go? Like, all of a sudden, like he's talking about his dad at the beginning of the episode. And then there he is. And he's like, hey, your dad's like. It was, I mean, the conversation kind of like did, you know, you know, walk the nice edge of being a little sexist. He's like, don't let this woman like, you know, string you around. You're a man hunter, boy. You know, yeah. like, get back to man hunting. I'm like, come on, man. Really? Yeah. Did you get the, did you get the idea that he knew who he was looking for or not? I mean, that's sort of a, at, when I first heard that conversation, I was wondering, does, does his dad know who he's looking for already? I mean, is there somebody out there who's really caused this grudge? For him, probably to name his cat grudge. Who, who knows, right? Well, I well, are we assuming that he is truly hallucinating his father, or is he seeing his father essentially as a ghost in the afterlife? Which is something that he mentioned towards the end of the episode. Is like you know, if if you're basically afterlife, that means that every Leto and everybody else are not gone. You know, they're not ever truly gone. So right. I think that. Um, the perspective is different depending on which way you look at it. If you look at it in terms of it being a hallucination, it's almost like he was dreaming, right? So like everything that his father says to him is something that his subconsciously within himself. So is he calling himself a coward as he's calling himself out on these things? It's like those, uh, those conversations that you have with yourself in like a, in a closed room, like those scenarios and dramas, you know, you're talking yeah. to yourself and or when you get old, when you have them just out and about, you know, you just start talking to yourself, Norman. So. Also, also true. <laughs> I, I admit nothing. But I understand well, what you're saying. as old as I am, I'm just used to it. <laughs> yeah. What was I? Oh, never mind. I'm just talking to, I'm not even bothered talking to the cat anymore. It's just me. <laughs> I'm I gonna, think I, about yeah. it subconsciously as having a, a dream. Like I had a friend that was telling me about a dream that she had the other night and it was somebody was being really mean to her in the dream. And then I was like, wow, your subconscious is, you're really mean to yourself. <laughs> like I, I always think of people, the dreams that people have and whether or not they're like being cruel to themselves. I, I Wait till you get older, to, Holly. Wait I think what happened in the book is that uh, when, when he got hit by the surge, I think that my cellular network started creating kind of like these after images that still exist, you know, because that they're, I mean, we're going into that whole, you know, quantum singularity, quantum, you know, fluctuation type of thing where you go. Do you, have, do you think that these are conversations that he had with his father when his father, I mean, it couldn't have been because he didn't, he hadn't seen his father since he met Michael, right? Yeah. And she didn't know who Michael was. I mean, or, his or dad. conversations yeah. from a completely different parallel universe or, you know, something that exists out outside of time space because of the mycelial network is askew. Maybe. I, I just want to point out something um, before we turn to Alan. I'm just, I don't want to take up too much time here. First of all, cheers and a happy new year to everybody. Oh, thank you, you, man. Thank you for a great year and getting us through this and congrats to everybody and, and the expanding family of, of mission log. And um, just uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for being there. And um, we'll look forward to uh, seeing where this goes in a couple of weeks, right? It's going to be off. We have next week and then, then we're off yeah. for a few weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The December 30th is the last aired show. That'll be episode seven. seven. And yep. then 
not yeah. until February 20th, I believe. Yeah, and the shout out to the sonar and the pattern buffers for all yeah. us old, old people. Oh, yeah. yeah, old technology. <laughs> that sonar ping made me so happy. I was watching it with Carol. I'm like, wait for it. Boing. I'm like, oh, there it is. Let's go Red October, right? Come on now. <laughs> all right. Cheers, guys. We'll talk uh, to you best, later. Best to you, Paul. Best to Michelle. Uh, all our love. Take care, man. Same here. All right. See you, man. Bye. Uh, before we jump into Alan, we are right up there at the uh, that importance halfway of the show mark and we really 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 want everyone to hear this because you do not want to miss this honestly in my notes i have this in all caps put this on your calendar so i'd like to take this moment to talk to all of you about trek talks the live stream event telethon to benefit the hollywood food coalition or as john billingsley says hofoco I love him. (laughs) Okay, so this will be live streaming on Saturday, January 15th, 2022, presented by Trek Geeks and Roddenberry Entertainment. So the mission of the Hollywood Food Coalition, or HOFOCO, as Billingsley would say, is Mm -hmm. to feed and serve the immediate needs of the hungry every night of the year so that they can build better lives. Our vision is a city where everyone has food, community, and support. To learn more about Hollywood Food Coalition's mission and vision, please visit their website, hofoco.org. Thank you, John Billingsley. (laughs) So (laughs) Trek Talks will be streaming live on Facebook pages and their YouTube page. Um, You can watch and you can comment live just like you do here. Mark your calendars now. You really, really want to be here for this amazing event. Trek stars, fans coming together to help feed the homeless. It doesn't get any more Trek meta than this. And another reason why you want to be there, because uh, during this whole live stream event, they've already uh, have a list of, I mean, incredible Trek celebrities, including I mean, John Billingsley to start. Uh, obviously. Have, obviously for HoFoCo, uh, as he loves saying. Uh, you're going to have John Delancey. So this is all on their website. This is all on Trek Geeks website. You can go to trekgeeks.com. You can check this out for all the other details. John Delancey, Jonathan Del Arco, Jonathan Frakes. A lot of the so many Johns. Johns. See, what did I say? Saying? So mm-hmm. many Johns. Gaze McFadden, Robert Picardo, Andrew Robinson, one of my favorites, Armin Shimmerman, Nana Visitor, uh, Nana, sorry, uh, Garrett uh-huh. Wong, uh, James Cromwell, Elizabeth Dennehy, Dominic Keating, Chase Masterson, Anthony Montgomery, Adam Nimoy, Denise and Michael Okuda, Linda Park, Tony Todd, Connor Turnier, just to start. So all these guest appearances are, of course, subject to change. So make sure that you keep visiting trekgeeks.com for the latest updates. Uh, this is going to be fantastic. Uh, the, the the benefits of what they're trying to put together, you know, to feed the homeless um, is, like I said, it's just about as Trek as you can get with actual people in Trek doing it. And you can watch this happen live and support them on January 15th, 2022. That's a great way to start the year. Don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's jump back into it. So uh, if you need, again, if you need any more of that information, uh, you can visit uh, trekgeeks.com, Hollywood Food Coalition, and then uh, stay tuned, uh, obviously, to uh, Rodberry Podcast Network for that information as well. Um, let's jump into it, Alan. End of the year stuff. What hey. do you have to say? <laughs> You're on the spot. Hofo Co, who wouldn't go? Come on, guys. This is... That's 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 amazing. I'm I'm super excited about that. I, I thought you had like a prop. That's a bottle of water. I was so excited. No, I'm like, what is that? Excited. He needed he needed to. Uh... I'm gonna sorry, take a slug of water. Yeah. Sorry, sorry that. Uh, yeah, I was 
stifling a cough through through part of that. So, uh-huh. yeah, no, I guys, uh, Norm, Holly, I, I just I I hope that this doesn't quite sound like a broken record because I feel like every week it's like, oh, this, you know, every week it's like this was a good episode. This was a the, the best episode of the season. I feel like for me, this was the best episode of the season. That's not a bad so thing far. to say, man. No, no. Yeah, so <laughs> right? like we're yeah. going along. It's a good thing to say. Exactly. <laughs> each each yeah. episode is is improving in quality, in, in your opinion? Great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, not just the 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 writing, but the for some reason, the, the pace of this one really, really stuck with me. Like there was a, it, it felt like, it felt way more exciting than people stuck in a, you know, empty space has any, you know, viable right to feel. Uh, this, you know, it, it felt like there was a good amount of tension, a good amount of, you know, action and, and back and forth between every, you know, the cast uh you guys mentioned it a little bit earlier but man i know we've been talking uh, either here or in the after dark on on discord about how underserved the cast can be and, and how why why couldn't reese be the guy i think norm this is one of your points but why couldn't reese be the guy yeah. leading the mission to the prison planet well here every it, it, it felt like everybody had at least a part to play. They had a line. Everyone had a line. Owusakun yeah. had a little bit that she got to, to play with. I, I can't use my, you know, all she, all she, all we know about her is that she can hold her breath joke anymore. Cause now we know something else. This is great. Right. She's, mm-hmm. she's divulged that, that little tidbit of information about an yeah. experience. So uh, there was great character development in this as well for yeah. most and- of the characters. I, I feel like, you know, part of that was just it it sort of was was in there to sort of, you know, help establish um a nice um leadership moment for Saru, but she got to play it. So right. these are good things, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully we get more of that uh going forward. Because I feel like, you know uh, seeing ev- seeing everybody on the tree at the end and it being, uh, you know, th- it coming at this time of year, they, you know, the cast of this show are, you know, they're really good. And it really felt like decorating the tree kind of a moment. And it was so awesome to see. Oh, I like that. Everyone gets, put. get their moment. So, yeah. Well, you know, Star Trek also, we said this before on either here or say like on, on, on Star Trek Prodigy, that one of the things that Star Trek is, you know, traditionally known for is uh, um, finding your way into this found family, uh, oh, whether, yeah. you know, it's it's part of the crew or, you know, even outside the crew uh, when it comes to, say, Gray's case in this situation, like Gray wanted book. to be part or book. Exactly. And they wanted to do something. They feel that they have agency and purpose in protecting the people that they that they have essentially adopted into their own family because that's just the situation that they're in. Uh, we can all relate to that in one form or another, either from the outside looking in or you know being part of you know the actual cadet fleet that you know we've all graduated from uh, together. And it's just ways of being able to identify that you're not alone. 
uh, and that there are people out there or even a computer out there that understands, you know, uh, the human condition and, and how to be able to be supportive or to be supported. So yeah. I think that's really important that they're actually seeing and addressing a lot of that in so many different ways, aside from just a, a mentor-mentee relationship. Saru, in this case, you know, he's doubling down on both book and OO, you know, just in terms mm-hmm. of he- helping them channel that displaced or un- um, displaceable anger, you know, because they don't know where to put it. So how do you use it as Saru did? You know, you temper it, you hone it, you let it become something that you can use as a tool later on to make better decisions when the time is right. And I thought that was like, you know what? That was a, that's a completely different Saru from the angry Saru that we saw originally at the Battle of the Binary Stars, right? Mm. So that, that his character arc is phenomenal. I agree with, with Paul Harvath on that. I, I think Saru is a phenomenally written act character. Yeah, I mean, I said it, you know, I was talking last season that Saru was <clears throat> my favorite character on TV of that year. So, I mean, that that really hasn't changed too much. Um, and I think going along with that, it was it was really cool that, yeah, everyone had to go into the pattern buffer to save themselves, but they went in as groups. Like, this is your... Yeah. This is, you know, these, the, these are the people that you're with, you know, whether it was Saru with OO and Detmer, um, I think, you know, obviously Gray and Adira uh, went in together. Book went in with Grudge. Book, mm-hmm. book and Grudge, book and Grudge. Um, and then uh, Nielsen, Bryce and Reese. Yeah. Well, you know? I think um, episodes like this always make me think of a saying that is always used incorrectly. It was even used incorrectly in an episode of Voyager. Um, Janeway said it incorrectly. So a lot of people use it wrong. So the saying is, and everybody knows it, um, blood is thicker than water. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that blood is family and water is friends. And like, family is more important than your friends. The full saying is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. And it means the exact opposite. Blood of the covenant are people that you choose to have in your life. Water of the womb are people who are in your life simply because you happen to be related to them familially. So episodes like this and like, they don't have their, like their families are 900 years in the past. So like, it's not that their family was like toxic and they're choosing to yeah. remove them from their yeah, life, true. but this is their found family. This is the blood of the covenant in that saying. Um, and I think that it's important for that sort of representation to be somewhere in our psyche right now. So that, that, you know, people who, I don't know, maybe feel guilty about cutting somebody out of their life who is a toxic family member. Don't feel so bad because the people yeah. that you choose to have in your life are sometimes more important. Well said. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we have um, about one more point here, Alan, <laughs> yeah. to get to because we have a couple more callers and I would well, like to fit into the show. I do. I do have one minor quibble with the episode and it's, it's oh, a little bit so challenging. Well. Yeah, I know. It's a little bit challenging because it, it is uh, not only was it a, a major scene, but also the title. Um, I feel like maybe, uh, m- maybe we got, stormy weather because that was uh a nod to either freaks as a direct well it would be difficult because oh, i oh. i assume that 
Well, I can tell you. Oh, I can okay. tell you why why that's I well, I can tell okay. you why I, I think that song was used. Gotcha. So Stormy Weather. Okay, this is I'm gonna go on a trivia thing, you guys. So Stormy Weather was written in 1933. Um, and then it was I it's obviously been performed by a lot of singers, but most notably it was by Lena Horn. She sang it in Stormy Weather, the movie in 1943, mm. and then there's an album that she sang it on in 1957 that also was called uh Stormy Weather. Lena Horne was the grandmother of Star Trek Discovery writer, producer, Jenny Lumet. Ah, okay. So there's a family. I don't know if that's the reason why, but it's an interesting tidbit that maybe played into that song being used. I thank you. That that clears, that certainly is a a perfectly viable theory. It sort of, (laughs) it clears up my thing because I was like, this has to be, somebody's favorite song or somebody has a special connection to this song. So I feel a little bit bad about what I'm about to say, but if I were to pick a song to have someone sing to me to ease my anxiety and make me feel any better, it would not be that lyrically. That's not the the song I would pick. I mean, I would go, (laughs) I would go, you know, honestly it's corny as hell, but tomorrow from Annie, uh, stuck out, you know, Rainbow Connection, something like that. No, you, you can't know. do Rainbow Connection. That's that's the Orville song. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and well, speaking of which, I got to exactly. get to Mike because gotcha. Mike's been waiting. All right, so <laughs> I'll pass the I'll pass the mic to Mike and uh, have a good night, everybody. Hey, have a happy New Year, there, yep, Alan. You too. All right, all right. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye. See, Mike, I, I, you know, I gave you, I gave you, uh, I gave you props, man. You know, that's the, the Kermit, that's Kermit's song. That's the Orville song. That was a great segue. Thank you, Alan, for that. And uh, it's, it's always tough. To Thank you, Alan, here. for that. Thank you, me for that. Come on. <laughs> well, he, he did bring up uh, <laughs> Rainbow Connection and then you made the yeah. connection. So yeah. it was uh, much like this yeah. episode of Discovery that, that I loved. You really got to see the crew come together in jail as a crew, which was yeah. so nice to see. Yeah. Um, but you got to see Gray put, put the, the, the best interests of Zora kind of ahead of uh, themselves when uh they really dug into what was what was going on and tried to tried to use their own tools their own experience as a as a guardian and training to uh to heal them and make make the computer feel better and work better for the good of of everybody and we had um you know, something that's always near and dear to my heart, which is that topic of trust and vulnerability that um, that book had with his with his dad, which, you know, again, left open to interpretation, dad in the afterlife or or just dad in his head. Yeah. But when he said trust and vulnerability in somebody that you love is not a weakness, it's a yeah, strength. He's, he's, I, this is a, this is one of the quotes that's in, in my notes. It's not a weakness to, str- to trust someone you love. It's a strength. Absolutely, it is, and uh, I think we saw the entire crew start to trust each other more and more with um, input that was given, sometimes solicited, other times unsolicited. But somebody on the bridge at times had the answer and felt that they had the agency to speak up and offer a solution. Sometimes it was asked for other, like Detmer when she was given the math, and uh, what do you think that was, Detmer math, or you think that was like partial? uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know either. Doesn't it was matter fast either. Math, right? I mean, <laughs> even when Data would do it, I know he's an android, and I would still be like, "Whoa!" Like it's impressive. I can't do math half fast. I, I think it was Detmer math. I think I think her implant is to kind of like help her with her eye, and and the mm-hmm. math was was all her because I think she's a brilliant, talented uh, helmsman. 
Yeah. But that's that's up to the, the viewer to decide. Um, but we saw all these folks come together and and operate really as a crew. We saw two very talented, very capable captains uh, do the job in two different ways. Uh, we had Burnham that is, is seemed to seem to be taking on the role more of collaborator and and team building and asking questions and getting input from the crew. And we had Saru who led slightly more in a top-down manner uh, and gave a great speech, a great uh, empowering motivational speech to to the people when he was in charge of the the bridge for that period of time. Um, I really did. I, I liked seeing this crew come together and like seeing that input that everybody's able to give and the trust that they've all, that they're all able to show because leadership is all about trust. And to think that it's a, a one person show, a top down thing, you're, you're missing out on all of the input and all the creativity and all the answers that people on your team may have if you don't empower them to, to speak up and, uh, and do that. And, you know, the other thing I loved about the show was the, the connection to, um, Calypso, which yeah. I, I think is, you know, there were so many good short treks. Hopefully we'll get to see more of them. Um, but that was definitely one of my favorites. So I'd like to, any, any kind of thoughts from the two of you on where, unless you covered it already, I apologize, um, where that fits into this, this episode. And, uh, honestly, I'd have Calypso? to watch it again. Cause I just don't remember yeah. it that well. I mean, I, I feel like, um, I'd like to think that they were planning way ahead and that they produced Calypso to set this up. I genuinely don't think that that's the case, though. I think that Calypso um, gave them an excuse to sort of use or and I'm not saying that that's like a bad thing. I'm glad that they were given that sort of material. Um, But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see like where this goes and how those two connect eventually. Yeah, she's I, a great character. Like I've, you know, I don't think we've really ever had a sentient computer to this level in terms of like learning and emotion and admitting that she's scared and exactly uh, right. So I think if you're going to be helpful, uh, like Zora was, uh, it's great and you get to live. If you're going to be a practical joker, like the like the Enterprise uh, uh, O1 in the animated series was, yeah. then, then they're going to shut you down. So yeah. that's kind of the. <laughs> The less the moral of this story, um, but hey, you guys have two more callers this week, and uh, if you don't mind, um, I know yeah. Mission Log has taken a week off. We've got two episodes of uh, Mission Log: The Orville dropping this week, so nice. uh, Firestorm and uh, New Dimensions are going to oh, drop Firestorm on Wednesday is and Friday. So good! That's an Alara episode. <laughs> All the Alara episodes are amazing. To fill the void. To fill the void. To fill the void. Well said, Mike. Well said. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, Make sure that you listen to Mike and Jessica Lynn Verity on Mission Log the Orville. You can find them on our YouTube channel on Roddenberry Entertainment. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, all that fun stuff. You can also find the audio version on the Roddenberry Podcast Network on podcast.roddenberry.com. Sound good, Mike? That sounds great. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Yes, you can. Yes, you could. All right, but I said it, and uh, I love listening to your voice as well, uh, and Jessica Lynn's. So um, happy new year, my friend. Cap. Happy new year to you too. Thanks so much. All right, take care. All right. Um, good to have Dave here. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Are you wearing a flux capacitor? I like that that's what that is. Uh, yeah. Is that a flux is. Capacitor? Yay. And you're in San Francisco. Sort uh, of. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> that's just my default. Yeah. <laughs> I've never changed it. <laughs> Happy after Christmas and almost New Year's, man. How you doing? Pretty much. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What'd you think of the episode? Uh, like it's been said, I really loved the uh, 
the the tie-in with Red October, the sonar. I really love the pattern buffer. I mean, we all, I think we all were excited to see those come back. Um, one of my issues is I know it's, it's an interesting idea to have a sentient computer, but um, when I'm having issues, I really don't want my computer to be having meltdowns. Yeah, I mean, that's (laughs) fair. I kind of want my computer to be reliable and not be, "Ah, ah, ah, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, that's not the greatest time. (laughs) Yeah, but just think, you you get that computer through it, and then you build up that trust, and then you have a really super, super computer. I mean, there's definitely benefits. There's just a lot of questions (laughs) and concerns going forward. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but I, I ultimately feel like having a computer that is, uh, so, for lack of a better way to put it, emotionally attached to you because they actually have like a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's more motivated to keep you alive. Which she definitely seems yeah. to be going that route, which is yes. Good. Yeah. But I, I get what you're saying. Like you don't want a utility or a tool that you can depend to on freeze up, yeah. to freeze up because then you're mm-hmm. in big trouble. So yeah, it could, I, I think it's interesting just from the standpoint of, of a new way of trying to tell a story. Yeah. Practic- practically. Yes. Uh, you don't want your, you know, you don't want a windows 11 to start, you know, failing on you and right in the middle of a spreadsheet, obviously, or, but um, this is, kind I, mean, of, I my, think we're in like new territory here. You yeah. know, my name being Dave, I'm very tied to um, 2001. Yes. And I know how does not treat the crew very well. So that's always. No, 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 no. And you so should wear that. It... That should be like the shirt that you wear. You should wear a how. I do, Morning, have a... Dave. I do have a couple of those. My long time ago, my startup um, menu or on my computer said, good morning, Dave. Oh, okay. Nice. So quick story about that. I used to work for a company. It was after Hollywood video went out of business. It was a new version of renting movies. It did not last for very long. Um, and I was only there for about six months, but it was automated. And we had robots that would go retrieve the movies and drop them down into like ATM shoots where people were like ordering their stuff. And every single robot had a different name and our very first one was Hal. And when we booted up his computer, it said, good morning. Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we're always trying to think of diff- like different, like every time that we opened up a new store and had a new robot, we'd be like, what are we going to call this one? At some point we got to a data. Cause I was like, we have to have, nice. have, to have Star Trek. Well, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my only other thing I've been watching is um, I've been concerned that book is, would go dark or go evil or just not go down a dark path or go down a dark path. And um, it seems like with this one, he's kind of finding his way back. So I'm mm-hmm. grateful for that. Um, well, I think it's probably I, I, I what's have, been helping him with that is, is talking yeah. to Culver as well. Yeah. I did have those concerns that he was going to, like I said, go down a dark path and become, become a, a problem for the crew yeah. instead yeah, of that's... the help. So. I think he's a little bit too beloved. If you think about, you know, like Valeris and Star Trek six was originally supposed to be Savic and they decided against it beca- because because yeah. was already too beloved mm-hmm. uh, by the fans. So I don't, I don't really see them suddenly making book a bad guy. Yeah. Which I am grateful for. <laughs> I just, I was a little concerned. He was getting a, a little dark, a little moody, which, you know, your planet being blown up can tend to, you know, make you a little upset. I think it's understandable. I mean, you know, I've never seen that happen, but no. I would be upset. 
no, but Flat so, <laughs> but it was good to see him have that time. And I hope, hopefully he's able to, to progress and, you know, continue on. I think that when the, when the time is right, like Saru is saying, when the time is right, having been able to harness, you know, that inner rage will service him or service a storyline probably towards the end of the season where it matters most. I think that'll, that'll come back. I feel like it's going to, that's going to come to a head at some point. It's going to be like peak storyline. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Cool. Um, Well, thanks for calling in, Dave. It's uh, great to see you. Um, Great to see, have you on the show and um, hope you had a great Christmas and uh, here's to 2022. Going forward. (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. And uh, love the t-shirt. <laughs> All right. I think um, we have our last call over tonight. And I haven't seen you in a while. So hello, Sherry. Hey, Norm. How are you? The, the last time she was on, it was me and John. So you missed her. I'm sorry, Norm. That's okay. <laughs> I know that you like being part of the show. I can't blame you for that. I like being part of the show too. But I'm glad to have you on. And I uh, hope you had a great Christmas. If you celebrated Christmas and... Um, Let's talk about the episode. What, what about this episode did you like or dislike? Oh, well, I was I was going to agree with with Holly. I had the same reaction with the screaming robot friend. Um, oh, I was. I think. I was, why do I cry over the stupidest they, stuff? They set us up though, because like last season, that was where Zora was. Like, yeah, and uh, it was like, well, it was screaming. So, are you trying to tell us? something really did die like what are you trying to tell you and i didn't want to take anything away from adira because that, that's the line you know that that that, that was adira's line right mm-hmm. but i was like i was hearing it in tilly's voice hmm. right because uh-huh. tilly would have been in, you know she's like is it crying yeah tilly <laughs> would have screaming been upset too. yeah yeah but yeah strange yeah it also made me sad because i'm like no i don't want little bitty things and you know what are you gonna do? Send out more so they also can get disintegrated and cry. I'm, but I'm also very much like anytime there's danger, I'm like, "Where's the cat? Get the cat! Somebody save the cat!" Even this episode, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, "Get the cat." Grudge was pretty chill, though. I feel like it, it cracked me up when I saw Book carrying him around in the big cat carrier yeah. at one point. I'm like, "Oh, that's funny." We're gonna get transported into ones and zeros. Is not gonna be fun. <laughs> the cat doesn't know what the heck's going on. That's why it's sad because if the cat dies, the cat has no idea what's going on. Like. <laughs> makes me sad i feel like grudge knows what's going on i feel like grudge is large enough to have a big enough brain to, grudge knows. to be aware <laughs> yeah i mean maybe we don't know much about i mean i still feel like we don't know much about that cat like she's a queen i'm like is she can we learn more about the cat uh there's Should gonna be, be ah this is a good segue and i i did not even pay for this um uh, idw is going to be doing some kind of discovery one-offs and one of them is going to be about grudge Oh, uh, that'd to be give cool. Aaron Harvey yeah. credit. We did see some of his original artwork online. Uh, we did. We saw yeah. a cover and a variant cover, and uh, they're they're lovely and um, it's nice artwork. So I hope that mm-hmm. the uh, the storylines are fun to match. Yeah. Hey, Sherry. So yeah, do you, do you and, think like like Alan? You think like are are these episodes getting better and better and better for you? I mean, I haven't oh, talked to you in a while. So how are you about so this season? I um. I really liked this episode, even though there were definitely parts that I was like, that I didn't like, but um, I feel like that's, that's always the case with discovery. Uh, I said when I was on earlier that I just kind of feel like I love discovery. Like you love a sibling. Like if some, if like somebody else talks trash about them, like you can get mad at them, 
but mm-hmm. like you're you can complain about them because they're your sibling. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain law of diminishing returns when it comes to like you know blood, not blood family, water family, right? Yeah, the water of the womb is <laughs> right. family is that you have biological family, biological, right. yes, yeah, but yes. And Somebody in the chat said that they didn't know that. So look at me spreading. But that, that was me. Dropping yeah, the I knowledge know bomb. Oh, was it you? It's like, yeah, yeah. I did not know that. So thank you for yeah. that. Yeah, I've never known that. Um, yeah, I mean, most people so don't. I mean, even cool. when they were writing Voyager, they didn't know that because because Janeway says, and every time that episode, she's talking to, to Seven in her uh, ready room. And I'm like, no, that's wrong. Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of like amalgamated, right? Over time. Yeah, it's amalgamated into the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> but Holly got you all back on track, so can't say that you I wanted, didn't get a gift. Okay. I wanted to agree with you, Norman, that I also oh, like really? mm, okay. when when Saru yes right. when Saru was talking about like how like he still felt angry. That was probably the most one of the most impactful things I've ever seen in Star Trek for me mm-hmm. personally. Just like I feel like it was something that I needed to hear at exactly the time I needed to hear it. Like that he still felt angry, but like he he needed to move forward. And I feel like too much in society, people focus on like seeing the anger as the problem. Like you've gone to the dark side. The anger is the problem because you felt anger. You are the problem and you need to get rid of that anger. Mm-hmm. And I love that he just validated the anger for both him and book. But he's like, but you know, if we sit there and focus on it, then we're, we're not going to be able to move forward. And we're not going to be able to do what's best for everybody else. And like, I felt like that was really, that's a really important takeaway. And I really liked that over just like, you, you shouldn't feel anger. Or yeah, like, you shouldn't you should that's... stop feeling anger. And that's bad. <laughs> and <laughs> again, that, that goes back to, you know, the conversation, the ongoing conversation about vulnerability. And we have ongoing conversations in this season about grief and they're, they're doing a really good job of having these, ongoing themes and continuing the conversation, but at in, in sort of different aspects for each storyline. And it's also, um, I, like, also sorry, I also think they're that. doing a really good job at representation because I don't know if anybody noticed, but there's a scene in this episode where it's four black actors. I noticed, which is awesome. And like, to be fair, like Stamets is sort of in the background and he comes in later, but having four black actors, I don't, I don't know if that's ever happened in Star Trek. One of them is also openly gay. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I am great. This is fantastic. I'm so glad that, that they have, that they did that. I mean, to tie in also with, with what Saru was saying, like, going back to, to Burnham's quote, you're seeing a lot of kind of growth with, with her because from the Kobayashi Maru to now, she's starting to accept that you can't control everything. You know, you can only do, you can only succeed with the, the talent that you have to work with and the situation that presents itself to you. So how do you win? You can't win all the time. You can marginally win or you can you can try and salvage an unsalvageable situation, right? And that's considered a victory. Um, but, you know, being able to do right by everyone 100% of the time, I mean, that's what Zora is feeling. The computer is feeling that vulnerability because as a computer, I should be able to do that, but you can't. So what happens when you come in conflict with that? Well, you become angry because you can't. And instead of, and we all have, you know, had those daydream moments where we're kind of like stewing in our own anger. And that's absolutely counterproductive because it goes nowhere, right? You know, uh, 
you hit the same walls, as she said, over and over and over again, or you freeze up because you're too angry to think constructively. I wouldn't say logically all the time because that doesn't even work. Also, you have to think constructively. How do you get yourself out of this, this emotional box? Um, how do you move forward? How do you make these? And then also, how do you use it at the right time? I still think that this, this lesson from Saru is going to come back and help book where book needs it most. And I, I, I also, I had written down that Michael quote as well. Like when she's talking to like um, the Zora, what you were mm-hmm. just saying, because that was also just really meaningful to me. I, I really liked that quote as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did was thinking from when um, Dave was talking earlier about like, for me, like it would be less concerning that Zora would like kind of have a meltdown um, and just wouldn't be able to do something and more concerning that, uh, although interesting, if she decided she didn't want to do something, like if they <laughs> order her to do something mm-hmm. and she's like, no, I don't agree. Um, because the more sentient she becomes at some point, she could be like, I think you're wrong. She can disagree <laughs> with yeah, you. A yeah. belligerent computer that controls all of your systems also would be on the bad side of the equation. Well, I don't even necessarily think that she could be belligerent, but she is like, it doesn't seem in her character to be belligerent, but I can definitely see her putting her foot down at some point and being like, you're wrong. Mm. And I, I can't do this. I can't. With emotions come opinions. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, maybe Saru will have to uh, counsel Zora as he counseled Oa because Oa was, you know, she was getting angry. So... I did want to throw in, though, like both with Oa and Reese, like... I get that they're trying to do character development and I do want them to go in that direction for the other bridge crew members. However, I don't like how they're doing it. It feels very insert character development here, like one line. And it also like, it's always at like a time, a crisis time in which like, is that really when you would be sharing that piece of information? It feels like you would maybe say that after. After. I also, after yeah. Is this the right time? Yeah. Yeah. And I liked how they did it in season three kind of more than I did do like how they're doing it now. Cause in season three, I liked that like kind of like contentious like dinner that they had, like Saru was trying to get them together and they're, they're oh, all yeah, like grumpy yeah. and yeah. stuff. Cause right. I feel like the character development as the crew should be done as the crew, how they interact with each other. And they're kind of trying to like take each, uh, each person out. And I think that can work if you did a little bit better job of like integrating them first, but I don't think they've done that quite yet. So yeah, I would I th- like to see more of them together and how they interact together. Uh, as would I. Um, and unfortunately, I hate to cut you off, <laughs> but uh, we have hit our time limit. And I'm glad that you are with us at the end because yeah. I wanted to say Happy New Year to you and I hope oh, you have you. fun Happy stuff New planned Year, for 2022. Thank you so much. And thank you for calling in. Always great to see you. Um, happy new year holly happy and, new uh, year thank you happy new year as well <laughs> all right oh t-shirt that's a cerritos shirt i love those yes yeah um that's that's pretty much it for our show this is the last show the last live show of 2021 and i'm i'm so fortunate to to, uh, to be here with all of you um to be with you, Holly. Uh, it's been such a fantastic uh, back-to-back series of shows. Uh, this is the first time I've done that, I think, with you uh, yeah. during the course of doing Discovery. So um, any last words or any last thoughts before we have to say goodbye to our wonderful audience? Happy New Year, and I love Trekkies. You do, don't you? I do love Trekkies. I have a whole shirt that says it. A, with a heart. Not even yeah. the word love. I think the actual this is from, heart itself. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is from Star 
Trek the experience. <laughs> we're, ha- we're actually having a conversation in shirts because yours, yours says, I love Trekkies and mine says, indeed. Yeah. I mean, we all have, we all were wearing pretty awesome shirts, but um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, thank you everybody who joins us live and later. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate your support. And, and uh, uh, everybody has a nice New Year's Eve. There's a lot of um, concern out there. So make sure that um, when you're out there, out and about and celebrating the holidays, make sure that you know you do your due diligence and be aware and understand your situation and stay safe and stay happy. And I just want to let you all, and this is the last, uh, the last of 2020. I'm actually going to say this particular script. Uh, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment Executive Producer, Rod Roddenberry. Technical production on Mission Log and Mission Log Live provided by our very own Sonar Engineer and host of The Green Room, Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from Roddenberry Podcasts. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Special thanks to my co-host, Holly, um, uh, who I have a fabulous time with every single time that we're on the air. Happy New Year, Holly. And uh, hope you have a fantastic start to 2022. And thanks to everyone who joined us here live or will join us later. We'll be off until we're back on. Have a happy new year. And we look forward to talking with you in 2022. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.